This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, John Carlson returns to our show to talk Metro Vancouver real estate for the first time in several weeks. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And as of Thursday, it's official. Uber and Lyft have been approved for the Lower Mainland, or Region 1, as we're known in Victoria. The long-awaited approval comes a month after another broken promise to have ride-hailing up and running for the holidays. The passenger transport Transportation Board approved the ride-hailing companies for the Lower Mainland in Whistler Thursday. Also, the taxi-backed Cater ride-sharing service in Vancouver and the re-ride service in Victoria were rejected by the PTB. It's not immediate as both ride-hailing companies still need to apply for business licenses and, of course, buy insurance before they'll be able to pick people up. And there's no word yet on how long it will take to get all the necessary approval, but both outfits say, hey, we're, we're there. We're, we're out there right now. And during this final approval process, when all the T's get crossed and the I's dotted, both Uber and Lyft are asking drivers with Class 4 licenses interested in making a little extra dough to sign up on their apps and get ready to start driving. A new Global Intelligence and Cyber Security Center partnership by the federal government and MasterCard is coming to Vancouver. The announcement was made at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. MasterCard investment will be $510 million, and that will include $49 million from the Government of Canada. By 2025, experts estimate there will be 75 billion connected devices around the world. And Canada says users want their data and privacy protected. So the center's main focus here in Vancouver will be to, quote, create technologies and standards to ensure the Canadians and others around the world can safely use any device that could be connected to the internet, phone, tablet, computer, vehicle, without concern that their personal and financial information could be stolen. Close quote. According to the feds, the center will help to establish Canada as a world leader in cybersecurity. No uh, indication yet as to how long it's going to be before this is up and running, but they do say the new center should create and maintain a total of 380 jobs as well as 100 student co op positions. It's a 10 year commitment from MasterCard and it's on side with the federal government's national cybersecurity strategy. Now, here's a, a topic that our next guest has kind of revved up for himself a week from tomorrow. The Super Bowl matchup is all set with the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54 a week from tomorrow. And this highly anticipated game has sent ticket prices soaring. On the online ticket platform SeatGeek, the average resale price is currently 6232 bucks. That's right, 6000 American for one seat. Although the average price for tickets sold in the last 24 hours, how about $6,700 a seat? Taking place at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami next Sunday, the demand for this year's Super Bowl is at an all-time high with it trending to be the most expensive Super Bowl ever. The cheapest ticket currently listed on SeatGeek, $5,727. The most expensive, $70,100. 
153. This is a single seat. Oh, and if you're looking to go big, an 18-person suite will set you back 439,000 American dollars. What's that? Six million Canadian. Uh, compared to previous Super Bowls, the average resale ticket price is nearly a thousand more than the second most expensive game, which was uh, between the Patriots and the Eagles a couple of years ago. Last year's Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and the Patriots. Uh, Seats for that one averaged $4,600. Right now, they're running at 6700 So, uh, from this distance, by the way, the Chiefs are favored to beat the Niners, but by less than two points. That's pretty close. No wonder tickets cost so much. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at more later in the hour as well. And we'll focus on real estate rather than football with John Carlson when we return right here on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, and it's a pleasure to welcome back John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, to Vancouver Consumer. A belated Happy New Year to his late January. It's, it feels almost weird saying it to you so late in the year, but hi, Happy New Year. Good to have you back. Thank you, Sterling. It's, uh, you know, New Year. Everybody's excited, and yeah, it's hard to believe it's uh, the end of the month almost. So, uh, you know, wow, let's get going. It's 2020. That's right. It is 2020. Let's talk about some of the predictions. Are you you were uh, your last appearance with us was just at the end of November, and uh, things at the end of 2019. John, momentum had picked up after what was well, pretty much a flat start to 2019. How about taking a look at the start to 2020? I suspect the energy level already is higher than it was a year ago. Right now, oh, absolutely. The the feeling out there. Um, is just much different than than last year. Last year we were coming off, uh, you know, a slowdown and things. You know, November and December the market kind of you know hit a low spot, and there wasn't a whole lot of you know optimism, at least in, in my uh, mind, that things were going to just spring to action in this you know in the spring. That's right. Uh, we had uh, an adjustment period. We had a shaken confidence in the market, and a lot of people were wondering at that time last year, gee, what's going to happen here? Have we hit the bottom? Is the bottom coming? Should I spend my money today or would it be better if I held off? Mm-hmm. And I think when you know we started going through the year and looking at the statistics and looking back in retrospect, it's perfectly clear that a lot of people, the majority maybe of buyers decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to hold on to my money and I'm going to wait and see because this could be risky. We had an awful high peak and now we seem to be pointing downward. So last year, I think people were a little bit concerned. Now, the spring was rough, but we talked about the fall. In the fall of this last year, the market came back to life. People don't wait forever. And I think there was a little bit of a, uh, you know, mom and dad's looking around saying, hey, you know, we've got another child coming Mm -hmm. and we need a place and the sky didn't fall and rates are still okay. And we'll get a better buy than we would have six months ago. Sure. Let's jump in. So, but uh, you're right. A year ago, there was that state of of confusion going on. There had the market had definitely slowed down, and all of those rhetorical questions that you posed a moment or two ago, John, about well, is it the right time? Uh, maybe maybe we should just sit on the sidelines here and let the dust settle a little bit. And that turned into a six month sit. That first half of 2019 was pretty slow. And you, the seasoned veteran, two dozen years in the biz, real 
realtor have identified spring as the peak of every real estate year and spring 2019 was what didn't didn't feel and look like very much of a peak did it it was a bit dismal and uh you know it was almost like a six-month hangover you know mm. after the party they're sweeping up the streamers on the floor and uh, you know people might be sleeping in the corner it, it kind of almost felt that way this year Spring is, now spring defines the market, I think. When a spring happens, let me put it this way. When things are very active in the spring, new buyers enter the market, they're enthusiastic, and if they gobble up all that inventory that's on the market, Mm -hmm. like maybe three, four years ago, well, suddenly there becomes a bit of a shortage. And that produces uh, a trend where maybe a house sells for a certain amount and the next door neighbor lists a month or two later and they get two or 3% more and that trend carries on. So the spring... Really, you know, a lot of things depend on how things go in the spring. On the, on the other hand, if we have buyers stepping back and saying, hey, I'm not going to buy right now, the inventory piles up and the prices start to drop and the newspapers and the radio stations mm-hmm. hit and say, hey, we're in, a, we're, we're in a slump. And that feeds that overall psychology that, hey, maybe this market's shaky. What I see this year, good news, we're going to have a busy and productive spring. All the signs are there right now that the upswing we had in the fall of 2019 is carrying over sure, okay. to the spring of 2020. Well, it was so slow the first half of the year, something had to happen. And by gosh, it did, didn't it? Second half last year was much better. That's right. We started to see the turnaround. Now, I'm not saying prices are going to shoot through the roof. In fact, I'm predicting relatively flat pricing for, for 2020, at least the foreseeable future, the, the spring, maybe the first half of the year. Okay. But the good news is the activity is there. So, if I'm a you know a person selling my condo or my house, I'm downsizing, I'm retiring and moving to the island. When the market was super, super hot, that was a tough thing because I could sell in two days, but I didn't know if I'd be able to buy and I couldn't find anything I wanted. So I, it was a tough situation. That's right. Last year in the spring, you know, some sellers put their homes on the market at relatively reasonable prices and they got crickets. You know, nothing happened. So right. that was a little bit of a tough situation as well. I think, you know, and we're going to see... Uh, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a Goldilocks zone. Not too hot, not too cold. Prices are going to remain stable. Interest rates are remaining stable. Uh, you know, borrowing money is affordable. And the good news for consumers is you can put your house on the market as long as you price it reasonably and you can get action on that house and mm-hmm. you can take your time and find another property and you can pay a reasonable price for that property. And you don't have to be, you know, opening up your wallet and dumping it out and not doing inspections or anything like that. I think we're going to be in a market where the activity is fantastic. Uh, the good listings are going to sell. Of course, in no market do all listings sell. Sure. So you want to make sure you're positioned properly. Got to, but, got to price it at the smart point. Correct. Uh, but it's going to be a much brighter spring than we saw last year. And the Minister of Finance, by the way, has a new budget coming in March, John. And some of the speculation that's going on right now is that Bill Morneau may mess with the stress test in yes. some way. He may uh, cause it to come come off in terms of the obligations that you you have to be able to play, pay right now today's interest rates plus 2%. Uh, there may be some adjustment to that. There's certainly a lot of lobbying going on, but that's not affecting your prediction for Metro Vancouver. Uh, it may affect national sales and prices, but in Metro Vancouver, that's not going to make much of a difference, is it, one way or another? Well, it depends on what they do. And uh, you're right, there is a lot of lobbying, um, the real estate industry being you know, one of the lobbyists, uh, the mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. and even just local buyers who say, hey, you know, I've got good credit, I make good money, this is the interest rate, I want to be able to go out and maximize my purchase. I don't really want the government stepping in and putting a cap on and saying, hey, I, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. So right. there is definitely a push for that. 
I'm a little bit cautious to think that that's going to change a whole lot, um, but we're going to have to wait and see. Right now, I see things staying the way they are for the time being, right. and that's where you know these indications of mine are coming from. Of course, everything's wide open. I don't have a crystal ball, but what I do see right now in terms of activity out on the ground, uh, I'm anticipating an offer coming in today on a listing that I have. I've been told last night it's coming in. I've got three or four or five or six other people saying, hey, I want to meet you this week. I want to this week or next, I want to list my house. Like, let's talk about this process. It's in people's minds. People, some people put stuff off all of last year, 2019. That's true. We talked waited. about it several times during the year last year. I just said point blank. I asked you, John, what do you say? What do you say right now to those people sitting on the sidelines as a deliberate strategy? They are now officially avoiding the marketplace. Right. I asked you that question several times during the year. So let me start off 2020 with the same question. Is it time to get up off your hands? It depends on your personal situation, of course. That's the most important thing. But if you have an inclination to uh, sell your home and buy a, a bigger house, or maybe you have an inclination to step into the market for the first time and put your money down and step into the market, sure. I don't see any reason to wait. Whereas last year, you know, it was a little uncertain. Our price is going to come down more. Where's mm-hmm. the bottom? I, don't, I think that's all gone. I really do. I think it's gone. Forget about the bottom. Forget about crash. Forget about another 10% drop. I think we may see some mild price increases through the spring. Uh, again, if the inventory gets gobbled up and buyers start, you know, getting a little bit more... Uh, l- a little bit more urgent in terms of their buying. Sure. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not seeing these crashes. That's all gone. I think if you want to get into the market, you're safe. Real estate is a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. You could put your money down today. You could sell in six months and lose some money. But I think that there's no reason to wait for further adjusting to happen or rates to come down further. Uh, all the signs are that you know, hey, we talk about 35,000 people a year coming into this Absolutely. area. That's what the, the local governments count on, and they, they make, they plan all of their budgets and municipal infrastructure. It's all planned on an influx of 35,000 people per year to the lower mainland. Yeah. So I personally, I'm very excited about this year. I don't know if you can tell listening to me, but this is going to be a great year. Uh, Activity is going to be up. I'm not counting on prices going through the roof. They're already pretty darn high, but I also don't see pressure pushing uh, sales or prices down in Greater Vancouver. Uh, Greater Vancouver is, I think, the champion of real estate in Canada, and you can't keep a champion on the mat very long. The champion is up, Arms are up, and uh, we're ready to rock. Interesting, because you talked about the media earlier and how, you know, we're influenced by the media. And I've got a headline that that I pulled up uh, from the Canadian press, uh, one of the business channels uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it says, Canadian home prices set to soar as supply hits tightest levels in 16 years. The ratio of home sales to new listings, a key predictor of future house prices, is at its highest level since 2000. Now, if you take a look at that and you're flipping through the paper or your online read, you go, wow, home prices are set to soar. They're going to go through the roof. Uh Uh-oh, it's Vancouver. What does that mean? But then you take a look at Canadian home prices and you zoom into the article and it doesn't take very long into the article where you see the line, with the exception of Greater Vancouver and Toronto. And then it goes on to talk about it. So we are, as you say, an anomaly in that sense. We're not 
necessarily reflective of any national trends. Metro Vancouver real estate is its own thing all by itself, isn't it? It is. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Sterling, because oftentimes I'm called to meet people and, and uh, talk about the sale of their home and people do their own research. Statistics, though, can be a little bit confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. whenever I see a real estate statistic that is Canada-wide, you know, I kind of, I just ignore it almost, almost, you know, really, yeah. because I'm focused on the greater Vancouver market. And the, the numbers, I don't remember what you just quoted, but prices going up throughout Canada, it's almost like a, a weather forecast. Weather forecast for Vancouver and Newfoundland could be two totally different things. And sure. the same thing about real estate. Vancouver and Toronto, I don't, I don't know Toronto market well, but it's very similar to greater Vancouver in that it's been very popular mm-hmm. prices. It's had its day and things have gone up to where they are. So, um, you know, to see them go up a lot more, it, there's just not the fuel there to push prices up. But again, that's good news, I think, for people that are looking to get into the market. I think so too. And also, though, for those of us who are trying to understand the game, John, and just to get a, get our heads around the whole business of buying and selling homes, particularly if that we've decided it's part of the resolution package. This is the year we're going to unload the old home and move on, execute the retirement plan or whatever. If this is your year, then you could easily be misled by those stories when you start taking a look at, because once you decide, okay, we're, we're back in the game. We're going to sell a house. Then you start paying attention to the headlines. Yes. <laughs> oh, gee, what? I wonder what we're going to be able to get for it. Yes. Instead of perhaps calling John Carlson and having you come over to their house and giving them an appraisal and a sense of what the market might actually take uh, for the property, which is the I would suggest the more recommended approach. But well, you can't avoid the headlines, John. Exactly, and and I'd love it. People call me right now. Of course, uh, I am not as busy as usual. I'm available. So if you're you don't have real estate questions or maybe you're thinking of selling a property, you can call me and I'll be right there. So you go ahead and do that. Please consider me listeners uh, as a resource if you need me. Uh, but you're right, the statistics and you know, there's a lot of information in this age, the information age. And, and I would say one of the biggest things, the, the biggest questions or the, uh, the, the most important sort of topics that I talk about with people when I first meet them is interpreting some of this information yes, that they've gathered. exactly. And trying to give them... Sifting uh, through the headlines. Sure, because, you know, I read the papers, they read the papers, but they're not out there listing and selling homes and getting comments from buyers and feedback and getting offers and negotiating. And during that process of negotiating, Negotiating deals. I mean, that's why it's good to work with an agent who's busy, who does a lot of volume and sells because agents like us, we tend to be right on the spot. We know what some buyers are saying yes or no to. And we know that, you know, maybe there are other options for buyers. And my job is to put all that, you know, firsthand knowledge, recent information into the hands of, the, of my potential sellers and say, look, here is how this information translates into what's going on on the ground here's what you need to know to make a good decision. And here's the phone number that begins the whole process. 604-612-0080. Again, 604-612-0080. That'll get you direct to John Carlson after he finishes the radio program. First, though, uh, that continues in a moment. 
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, as we take a look at 2020 for John's first visit of the year. And I should probably hasten to add, John is going to be with us as he has been for a couple of years after his Christmas break. John is back with us. He's going to be with us every second Saturday, basically for the rest of the year. You invited our listeners to use you as a resource, yes. John Carlson a few moments ago, uh, and I, I, I'll second that. You're a smart guy. You've had 24 years in the business, all sorts of accolades and awards, thousands of homes sold. You know what you're talking about. Two boots on the ground, busy guy all the time. The kind of agent who is active and in the mix every day. So that's the kind of resource that you offer to our listeners. So here's what we're going to do, friends. If you go to John's website, which is johnnysmartpoint.com, and you click on contact, there are two things that will happen. Either you're going to get a page that says, like the one in front of me, contact John, or you're going to get the button that says request free market evaluation. Either way, there's a, a format to just send John your name and a question. If you have a question for our resource, he invited himself to do the job. If you have a question about real estate and how to play the game, I call it navigating the maze, John, and I mean it every time I use that phrase. It's tough. Yes. So if you have a real estate question, go to John's website, johnnysmartpoint.com, click on contact, and send us a question. We'll include, uh, if you can ask to not have your name include, included, or you can include your name or not, and, and John will answer your question right here on the radio or reply to you privately should you request that. I would prefer that you ask John a question that he can share with uh, the rest of our listeners. But that's your call. johnnysmartpoint.com. Ask a question. It'll be part of our ongoing uh, bi-weekly features here on Vancouver Consumer. How's that work? Sounds great to me. I'm ready. Okay. Let's talk about more about 2020, John, the year ahead. You're predicting a much more active first half, unlike the first half of last year, which was pretty flat. Uh, but you're also being quite cautious about pricing. Despite these headlines that say nationally prices are going to go up, that's Montreal and Halifax and maybe Winnipeg, they always say, excluding Vancouver and Toronto. So keeping that in mind, you're being cautious about price increases locally for 2020. Some are saying 2021 might be a more, uh, I'm going to say, productive year in terms of price increases. Profitable, that was the word I was going for. But at, at, at the same time, you're also predicting this year, 2020, to be very active again. Yes. Um, I personally don't uh, look into 2021 because that's just too far and yeah. I have no idea. It's only January. <laughs> and anything anything that I say here, by the way, these are my opinions, but they're formed based on what I'm seeing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, for instance, I, I met a, a really nice, uh, for the first time, a, a young agent um, with a client and we looked at one of my listings. I opened up and we were talking and I like to ask other agents, you know, hey, how are you finding it? It sounds, sure. it seems like the market's picking up this and that, because I like to get other points of view, of course. And the feeling, you know, not just my phone ringing and people calling, but I mean, this young guy, he said to me, hey, you know, I just had two sales already. I've got another buyer here. I've got this. And, you know, I haven't felt this way uh, maybe ever because a newer agent who's gone through the tougher times. And that's just one anecdote. But 
yes, what I see on the ground is a uh, a market where, uh, you know, people are jumping back in. So again, I'm not worried about anything. Last year, quite frankly, I didn't know what was going to happen. Nobody did. Nobody I sus- did. suspected we were in for a change, uh, yes. given all the shock. Now, there could be unforeseen circumstances that could change things. But the way things sit right now, this is the perfect market. I think if if you've been thinking for a while, hey, should I, should I not, should I this? It's perfect. The prices are still strong. You can sell for a good price. You mm-hmm. can buy another house. Like I said, the pressure is somewhat less. You're more in the driver's seat, both as a seller and a buyer, because you're not in this hectic, you know, crazy situation that we saw years ago. It's a lot like the stock market. People say the stock market, and I'm not an expert in the stock market by any means, uh, but it's all perception and it's attitude. Right. You know, generally speaking, if you want to sell a product, you need someone who's willing to buy it and you need someone who's able to buy it. The stress test when it came in, it reduced the ability it did. for people who needed financing to spend these high prices. That was by design. That's what it was for. And it did its job. But more importantly than that, that's that's not why the market sales dropped 40% in, you know, compared to the year before in February, March, April, May, etc. The reason is the perception. People thought, heck, you know, this might not be a good idea. I have to be careful. I make a certain amount of money a year. I can't afford to lose 50 grand if I buy now and in the fall prices are different. Right. That, to me, at least in my mind, is completely wiped away. We're back in a good market where, hey, you can do a good job for yourself. Get some good advice. Call me if you need me. But uh, this, I think, is the best, uh, uh, the best situation for buyers and sellers that we've seen you know, in, in a while. I'm quoting from the website here, johnnysmartpoint.com. At 2% Realty West Coast, we believe in giving our clients the full real estate experience, yet allowing them to keep more of their investments. John and I were talking. We had a coffee before we began the the program this afternoon. And John reckons that in the 10 years he's been in this discount end of the business, and that's my word. It's not John's word, and it's not a good word. John's wincing already. (laughs) Why are you wincing? (laughs) Because you aren't a discount guy. You're just a guy who charges a different rate than some of the other realtors in town. Nonetheless, at this approach, with this attitude, you have saved Metro Vancouver buyers and sellers over $3 million in the last 10 years. Well, I haven't done the math. I want to address a couple of things. Uh, a discount broker, I got no problem with it, but okay. technically... I didn't know I was being pejorative or not. No, no uh, and I have, I'm fine, but uh, I need to point out that there are no set commissions. So how can one be a discount? There, there's no such thing, really. However, as most people are aware, the vast majority of agents out there charge a commission of 7% of the first 100000 and two and a half of the balance. Right. That's what we've seen for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And compared to that commission structure... Yes, I save people, you know, probably 30 to 40% on their commissions. And this is real savings. This is real money in your pocket. This is, you know, tax-free money from the sale of your house. So I'm very proud. Um, and that goes into what the smart point is. One of the smart points, I mean, you want to price properly, you want to market properly. But what about the commission structure you're offering? Right. You don't want to just throw money out the door if you don't have to. But on the other hand, you probably don't want to put a $1 commission on a listing either and then create um, an issue that would prevent possibly prevent you from getting the top price you can. So when I say that, uh, that I save people money, it's compared to what most other agents charge. Sure. And that's all I can say about that. But yeah, thanks for, you know, we were talking earlier and I I, I realized I'm coming up to 10 years 
uh, of bucking the trend, if you will. I mean, I was in a company that was seven and two and a sure. half, and there's a lot of great agents that do that. And, and you know, any salesman, salesperson uh, has to justify what they charge. And it's not up to me what other agents charge, but I feel really good because 10 years ago, I kind of read the writing on the wall and I thought, I'm going to try a different route. And mm-hmm. in that time, five or 600 properties, I think probably six, maybe even a little bit more, um, I save people a fair bit of money compared to paying seven and two and a half. And it's definitely a few million plus. So I don't know, I can do a great job for people and I can put some money in your pocket. It's almost like free money. So I would never suggest uh, hiring an agent based on the commission structure alone, because this is an industry where skill is important, experience is important. But if you can combine uh, a great commission structure where you're not paying more than you think you should, right. and you're getting great value, and maybe you're getting, like in my case, one of the top selling real estate agents year after year in Greater Vancouver. You know, I think that's the smart point for sellers. Well, let's take a look at, uh, and I'm uh, again, I'm at johnnysmartpoint.com, and there's that grid halfway down the home page. How much will you save? Asks the question. Your property. Let's take a very typical single family detached home value in Metro Vancouver. A million bucks. Nobody even blinks when you say that anymore. So uh, the commission uh, charged by most other brokers on a million-dollar property is $29,500. At John's company, the commission fee is $20,000. The net savings, as in the amount of actual cash, your after-tax hard-earned cash, you get to keep $9,500 on a million-dollar home that you don't have to pay out in commissions. That'll take you to Mexico for a while when the snow and the bad weather hits. <laughs> or you know? they'll put a new fence across the lot <laughs> of the, the new one you've just bought, yes. and everything costs $5,000 when you move. So it, nothing, nothing like having a little extra cash at moving time, John. That's right. And, you know, just be smart. If I'm buying a car, I love cars. You know, you know that, Sterling. If I'm going out looking for a new car... The car is important, but the deal is important. Mm-hmm. I need to feel like I'm getting good value. I want the service. I, want, I don't want to skimp on warranty. I don't want to skimp on this, but I want the deal. I want to feel good about that. And that's what I offer to sellers, really. If you want to sell your house and you want a great job done with one of the top agents in, in Greater Vancouver, I'm your man, but I'll also save you a lot of money compared to most of the competition. And I think that's what makes this the smart point. And evaluation, One of the, we were talking about uh, contacting John, and we're going to start answering your email questions on Vancouver Consumer going forward. But one of the other click buttons on johnnysmartpoint.com is request a free market evaluation. And if you've been sitting now on the sidelines for a while with that figure in your mind of what you wanted to sell for when you decided to go on hold, that may be as much as a year ago. That figure is is just, it doesn't matter anymore, does it, John? No, you want to look at um, the current scenario. What's going on out there? What's your competition? It may surprise you that you're actually kind of close to where you, you thought you might be. On the other hand, you may be way off the mark, and you need to know that before you actually throw your hat in the ring, right? Absolutely. I mean, if I'm a seller, I might have an opinion of what my property's worth. And as an agent, uh, agent, I may have a, an opinion, a professional opinion of what your property's worth if you ask me to evaluate it. And I'll give you that opinion. But what really matters when, when push comes to shove is, what's the market going to say? Exactly. I could tell you your house is worth a million and a half dollars. But if uh, you had 50 showings and everybody said, eh, there's better stuff out there, no thanks. Obviously, I'm wrong. So, um, you know, remember that you may have an opinion Other agents may have an opinion, but what you really want, I think, is an agent who, first of all, is flexible, 
when I meet with people, I give my straight and honest opinion, and mm-hmm. I say, here, here's what I would do. Here's the low end. Here's the high end. Here's the strategies that go with these various prices, because you don't have the same strategy if you've priced it sharp as if you've overpriced. You know, your strategy can be different. Um, but, uh, you know, I sit down with people, and I give them that advice, and I say, look, here's what I think. Now, if you decide that we want to try it a little bit differently, up to a certain point, I'm your man. Mm-hmm. I'll work for you. Am I perfect? No. <laughs> Absolutely. But... A good, experienced agent who's selling homes has the can draw from that pool of knowledge exactly. and recent experience to give you a good number. So, you know, experience does count. And I sit down with people and I say, hey, here's what I think. If you want to try a little bit higher, for instance, let's do that. But let's talk about what that might look like in 30 days. If it turns out that maybe I was right or that we're overshooting things, let's have a backup plan at least. So sure. I give people the information. I let them make the right decisions. You said that uh, you're, you're, uh, you have some, some time these days because you do have, you can take new listings. You're not swamped at the moment. And you've had moments of being swamped. This is not one of them. And that's a good thing if you're listening to the program right now and might be interested in having John Carlson come by, take a look at the place, give you an evaluation and a straight talk over a cup of coffee at your kitchen table. You do have um, an open house tomorrow, though, right? I do. Yes. Um, I have an open house. This will be my first one of the year. This is a condo in Langley, uh, Langley City. It's on 201 Street. And it's on my website. Go to johnnysmartpoint.com. But it's number 212-5430-201 Street. This is in the Sonnet. Excellent building. It's a one-bedroom and den. All new floors, brand new appliances, painted clean. It looks like a new place. Uh, here's the price, friends. 334.9. It's not going to last a whole long time, but it's, it's, uh, not it's there. Price. That's an amazing price. And the other thing I thought is, you know, hey, if you're out in the Langley area and thinking about real estate and you'd like to meet me, come on by. Just come on by to my open house Sunday, 1 to 3. Say hi, and we can we can talk about things. All right, and you have a new investor listing that you'll be able to talk to us a lot more about because you've only got a couple of seconds now. This one's interesting. Port Coquitlam, two-bedroom, one-bath condo. It's going to be on the market today or tomorrow at two seventy nine nine. That's all I can say. It is a rental, no restrictions. You can rent this place out. Uh, built in 1982. It's not ancient, but it's certainly not a new condo building. There's nothing like it on the market. Here's the phone number, 604-612-0080. To get a hold of John Carlson, 604-612-0080. And he's now available, friends, because his time is up. Good to see you again. We'll do this in a couple of weeks. Thank you. See you soon. We're back after this. Once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another informative visit. Next week on our program, we'll meet the BC people behind Strauss Naturals. Time now for Ask Andrew, our producer, Andrew Ferreira. And we want this time, Andrew, to know about Victoria versus Vancouver as a tech hub. What's going on? Yeah, and it's not the first thing that you generally think of when you think of Victoria. When you think of Victoria, think the Butchart Gardens, Parliament, and the city of the newlyweds and early deads. Right. Uh, but according to the 2019 CBRE Group Incorporated's uh, Canadian Tech Talent Rankings, Victoria is the number seven tech hub in the country. Uh, and over the past five years, they've added close to 10,000 workers in the tech industry. That's almost a tw- that's, all, that's over a 15% increase over the last five years. Interesting. So more and more companies are seeing Victoria as a more, I don't want to say a f- you know, necessarily horribly affordable, but it is an affo- a more affordable place to set up business, especially if you're, you know, trying to find 
workers who are working in tech. And as we all know, in Vancouver, tech salaries aren't the highest compared across the board uh, to even south of the border in Seattle. So the emergence of Victoria as a satellite to Vancouver as a tech industry, I think is a great thing for the city and for Canada. It'll kind of kick us in the pants to do a little bit better, I think, in Vancouver. And in terms of affordability and for people getting a start in the tech industry to be able to move to a city in which they can actually afford to live reasonably close to work, what a great way to start. You're not exactly that far from Vancouver anyway. That's true. There you go. Uh, asked, uh, you have a question for Andrew Ferreira. I'll give you the address in just a couple of minutes, but right now we have time for a couple more consumer quickies. Before we have to go, Bench's Canadian partner says it plans to close all of the clothing brand stores in this country. This from BNN. Freemark Apparel Brands Group, which has a strategic partnership with the streetwear brand Bench, operate 24 bench locations across Canada. And here's a familiar line, quote, we are closing our bricks and mortar stores to focus more on our e-commerce business as well as our key wholesale customers. Close quote. This is from the uh, co-president of Freemark Apparel Brands to BNN. Further details, including when the stores will close and how many employees will be affected have yet to be finalized. Here's the CEO again, quote, as you can appreciate traditional Traditional brick-and-mortar retail has had its challenges over the last decade, and with that, Bench joins a growing number of retailers that have closed their Canadian stores, including Forever 21, Target, and Sears. Oh, and pharmaceutical company GlaxoSmithKline says it has temporarily discontinued two types of Excedrin items as a precautionary measure. The company has suspended production and distribution of Excedrin Extra Strength, and Excedrin migraine products. The uh, saying from Glaxo is, through routine quality control and assurance measures, we discovered inconsistencies in how we transfer and weigh ingredients for extra strength caplets and gel tabs and Excedrin migraine caplets and gel tabs. The company does not believe the product poses a safety risk to consumers, but has voluntarily implemented the measure as a precaution. Other Excedrin products are available along with other pain relieving drugs but dosages may differ consumers should consult with their pharmacist for the most suitable alternative product GlaxoSmithKline described as a short-term issue, saying it expects production of Excedrin Extra Strength and Excedrin Migraine products to resume shortly. And that is our program for this week, produced by Andrew Ferreira, he of Ask Andrew. And if you have any questions for them, for Andrew, uh, you can tweet them to us at van consumer or you can send them along to me my address is sterling at cknw.com and of course i'll pass them immediately to andrew and we'll credit you when we answer your question on the program coming up next saturday afternoon at two it's another edition of vancouver consumer right here on 980 cknw and we'd love to have you with us then for now have a great day. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.